You know, I've been looking at words uh, since, you know, since the time that I've retired. I've been studying just different words in the Bible. You know, one of the studies that I've had has been, I've been studying on the word, I studied the word gate. Now you go, well, big deal. Well, I, I, I just studied the word gate. I'm going to try to study different words in the Bible. Well, I think it's important to do that. So I studied the word gate. And it just kind of got me interested and thought about words and how important words are. You know, and someday maybe I'll talk about gates. I'm not talking about gates tonight or you all would be leaving like with two or three minutes. I'm not going to be doing that. But you know, when you're looking at words, I just want to share some information with you. You know, and in our world that we have today with billions of people, there are 7,100 languages. So there's more than 7,100 languages in the whole world. There's one language called Bushu, which is a language for only eight people. Can you imagine those eight people? They're the only ones in the world that speak that language. But 7,100 languages. Now, here's something interesting about that. No matter what language we, we, we use, of course, we, most of us use English and Spanish, but no matter what language we use, God loves us all. And God wants to be a part, all of us in this whole world to be a part of his kingdom. And so we realize with 7,100 different languages, 7,100 different ways to say words, God loves all of us. And so he's the creator and he cares about us very much. But let's go back to our language. Let's go back to the language that most of us speak, and that's English. You know, words are interesting. How we say words, how you say words, how I say words. You know what the longest word in the English language is? If you, if you don't know, you're going to find out whether you want to or not. Let's put that up there. Can we put that word up there? Look at that. There it is. It is, let's see if I can say it, pneumono ultramicroscopic ciliovolcano oniosis. That is the longest word in the English dictionary. Ah, I'm reading, I'm cheating. You should see how I've written here. That is a word, got 40-something letters in it. Most dictionaries say that's the longest word. That is a word that is a lung disease caused by inhaling quartz dust. And so that's what that is. So tonight, if you want to impress your family, you can go home tonight and say, you know, my nose has been kind of stiffly, sniffly, but I don't have pneumono ultramicroscopic ciliovolcano oniosis. You can say that. Now, I'm not going to say what they're going to say to you, but you can say that or go back to work this afternoon and just say, you know, hey, guess what we learned at Bible luncheon today? We learned about this. I'm not going to say it again because I mess it up after a while. You know, you have long words like here's one, anti-establishmentarialism. Hey, supercalifragilisticexpialidosis. We all know that. That's a long word. That's actually in the dictionary. You got long words like that. So words today are something that everybody uses. Now, none of us use these long, big words, but many of us use that. You know, the longest string of letters to describe something in the whole world, it's not English, is 189,819 letters. It takes three hours to pronounce it. I was going to try that, but I think the pastor would probably discuss with me a little bit more after that. So, but here's some words that we say in English. We say break a leg. Well, what does that mean? What does that mean most of the time? Good luck, right? I mean, we say break a leg. Hey, we say, hey, I'm going to hit the sack. Well, what does that mean? Well, I'm going I'm to go to sleep. 
hey, that person is really on the ball. What does that mean? It means they're doing a real good job. We use these words, and the words have meanings. How about this? I'm just feeling a little under the weather. Under the weather. That means I'm feeling sick. Here's this. That situation was a perfect storm, which basically means this. It was the worst possible situation that you could have possibly been in. How about this? I'm going to break the ice with these people. When I meet these people, I'm going to break the ice. Basically, that means I'm just going to try to make them feel comfortable with what's going on. Uh, when something's very expensive, it costs an arm and a leg. Could you imagine someone that doesn't know English? And we say, man, that cost me an arm and a leg, and they're looking at you, and, and they're trying to figure out what's going on, but words, words are that way. How about this one? It, it has a little bit, but not very much. It's raining cats and Okay, it's raining cats and dogs. That means it's raining very hard. See, words are important. How we say words, the context of how we say words, are just very important in our life. And so I think it's important that we understand that the words we use make a difference in people's life. I think everybody in this room, you can, you can remember a time when somebody said negative words to you. I think it's just what happens. People throughout your lifetime have maybe said some things to you, and they've said some negative things to you. It hurt your feelings. It kind of just made you uncomfortable. And now, that, you remember that still. Now, all that's all washed under the blood of the Lamb. We know that. But still, you remember that. But you also remember those times that people say some good things to you. You know, if I was to look at you today and I was to say to you, God really loves you. You know, that's a good word. That's a good word for you. Because number one, it's true. It's true that God loves you, but everybody in this room, you may, not be feeling, you may not be having the best day today. Today just may be a hard day. You woke up, you didn't feel good. Maybe you're at work, and the work hadn't gone exactly the way it is. Maybe things at home are a mess, but I'm here to say to you, no matter what goes on in your life, God loves you. God cares about you. And since words are so important, there's one question that I have to ask myself. In this whole study that I'm doing on words and different areas like that. Here's one thing I have to ask myself when it comes to my words. And the question I ask my, myself is this, do my words build up or do my words tear down? That's a fair question, right? I think that's something that we need to, every day when we wake up in the morning, we, gotta, we pray to God and we say, God, I pray that today my words can be words that will build up people. You know, one of the goals in the Bible, one of the scriptures in the Bible tells us that when, when we talk with somebody, when they leave our presence, they should be, be feeling better about themselves than when they were in our presence. And I'm not saying that there's never a time that you do not have to have a negative conversation with somebody. There's, there's always going to be times, especially at work or especially even at home with children and even spouses, that that you're going to say something and it's going to have to be something that you have to talk about. It's not going to be positive at all. But yet even the Bible talks about that. The Bible says even the words that we use in that situation need to be words that come through love. And so even our words with relationships that even are maybe a negative way of just something you have to address like we all have to, right? That needs to come with, with love. And so do my words build up or do my words tear down? That's important. So I'm going to give you two scriptures to think about today. 
and then we're going to get on to a little bit more. And that first one is in Proverbs 15.4. And this is what it says for us. It says, The tongue that brings healing is a tree of life, but a deceitful tongue crushes the spirit. And so the Bible's saying to us this. The Bible is saying that our tongue, our words, are very important. It's saying a tongue or our words that bring healing to people, that is like a tree of life, something that is full, something that is green, something that is alive. And so, you know, there's a way, there's actually a way that you, through your words, your very own words that God's given you, your very own words, you can build people up to where they feel alive and they feel like they have purpose in their life. Wouldn't you like to be that kind of Christian? I think I would. I would like to be the kind of Christian in this negative world that we live in today that God just make me the person that my words, my tongue is going to bring healing to people. You know, maybe somebody's having a bad day and you look at them and you say, I hope you have a wonderful day. And you, know, you don't know they're having a bad day, but just by you saying, I hope you have a wonderful day, that maybe cheered them up. Sometimes words don't even have to come out as words. You just smile at somebody or just say good day or God bless you or God loves you. Can you imagine what that would happen instead of stuff like you're so mean or you're so rude? See, God wants us to think about our words before they come out of our mouth. You know, that's awfully interesting. God wants us to do that. Everything that we do needs to be filtered through the spirit in our lives and so God really wants us to be careful about our words that we use. Now, in, in marriage, let's just take marriage for instance. Sometimes husbands and wives, they'll say things to each other and they don't let God filter it out. And doesn't it always hurt feelings? I'll just give you an example of marriage a little bit just for you all to understand this. This is free marriage counseling since I do the, the, the counseling at the church. You know that men, the way God created us, that men usually say something first and then they think about it later. So this is what happens to men. Men, we will say something, and then our brain goes, uh-oh. <laughs> that shouldn't have happened. And then a woman, though, the way God created a woman, she feels something first, because they just feel so much deeper than men do. She feels something first, and then she says something. So a man says something and doesn't think about it. It hurts the feelings of the woman. The woman then says something, and that by that time, you're defensive against each other, and you're just trying to defend each other, see who's going to be able to say the, the worst thing to be able to win this fight. Well, see, God never intended that to be. God wants us to filter every word that comes out. Men, this is how you become a godly man and a godly husband. You are so walking so close with the Holy Spirit that you can filter your words. Since we know we have this problem, you can filter your words before they come out of your mouth. That the Holy Spirit stops you and says, I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't say, well, why ain't dinner ready yet? You only have five kids and you work full time. I wouldn't say that, men. See what I'm saying? So let God, let the Holy Spirit filter your words. Let's look at this next scripture. It's Proverbs 21, 23. He who guards his mouth and his tongue 
keeps himself from calamity. That's smart, isn't it? I mean, I would say that's true. Have any of y'all in this room ever said something and got in trouble for it? Raise your hand. I have. Probably yesterday. I mean, I have. We all have. But the Bible tells us, he who guards his mouth and his tongue keeps himself from calamity. Those 29 words in those scriptures right there I just read, you know who they're from? They're from God the Creator. They're words from God to you. From God the Creator. Those 29 words are some of the most important words. Why are they most important words? Because they're the Word of God. This right here I hold in my hand, 773,746 words are from God the Almighty. This is why we need to spend time in God's Word. Because God is the wisest. God is the creator. God is the counselor. God is the one that sent Jesus Christ to die on the cross for our sins. The words of God. You know, a long time ago, I did a sermon on words, uh, different from this, but I did a sermon on words, and I had this basket, and I called it a basket of blessings. Well, when I retired, I took this basket home, and I put it on my shelf. Well, when I go into my office or the office or that front room that we have at our house, every once in a while, I just grab one of these. This is all words from God. You know, if I want to get a word, I want to get a word from God about how to live my life or what's going on in my life. And so for, for the short time that we have left, I've got, you can see, I've got just a bunch of just pieces of paper in here. And the first one I'm going to pull out is very important because it's just a blessing from God. Because I would rather hear from God what God has to say than what some counselor, let's say, has to say that doesn't use the Bible. Amen? I mean, I would because God is, His words are true. His words are real. This Bible is true and real. That's why we should spend as much time as possible in this Bible. So this is what I did, baskets of blessings. So we pull them out. This is what it says. The title of this, my past does not define me. Listen to the scripture from God's word. I mean, this is from the mouth of God. Do not remember the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it springs forth. Shall you know it? I will even make a road in the wilderness. So God is saying in this scripture to me, my past does not define me. Amen to that? Aren't you glad that you don't have to live by your past mistakes? Aren't you glad that under the blood of Jesus Christ, when you got saved, your past has disappeared in God's eyes? And God wants you to know this. God wants you to have them disappear in your life too. You know how the devil works? The devil, because all of us have made mistakes, I hope, I hope I'm not the only one, but all of us have made mistakes, and yet the devil, every once in a while, will wake up in the morning, or will try to go to sleep at night, and he'll bring that past mistake up, and he'll say to you, you're no good, you should just think about this, you should dwell on this, ah, if people really knew what you were like, if people were like this, well, I'm here to say to you, if you ask Jesus Christ in your heart, and you ask forgiveness from your sins, the Word of God God's word tells you, not the devil's word, but God's word tells you that he does not even remember that anymore. You bring that up to God, and God goes, I don't even know what you're talking about. But your past does not define you. Isn't that a great blessing? Isn't that a great blessing for some people today? 
And so when you're talking to people and they're talking about, well, you just don't understand what I've done in my past, you say to them, listen, that's all under the blood of Jesus Christ. When you ask Jesus Christ in your heart, all is forgiven, past, present, and future, amen? And so we should feel blessed with that. Here's another, I'm just gonna open it up here. God is my strength. Here's the scripture, Psalms 37, 39. But the salvation of the righteous is from the Lord. He is their strength in times of trouble. Do you need strength today? I mean, did you get up today and you're just, I mean, you're just tired. You're weary. You know, Bible even says, come to me all who are weary and heavy laden and I will give you rest. But this says right here, he's going to give, this is what God says. But the salvation of the righteous is from the Lord. He is their strength in times of trouble. God will give you strength. I know you feel tired with some things sometimes, but God's going to give you strength. God will, will bring that patience up supernaturally in your life. You just humble yourself before God and you say to God, God, I need some strength. God, make me strong today. I just got some things going on in my life, God, and I just need you to give me some strength. You know why I believe that? Because right here, it's from the word of God. And God does not lie. God is the creator of this world. God created you and me. And he wants you to know that he's right there and he will give you strength. I'll do one more, okay? I mean, we could do this all night because it blesses your life. See, it's nothing I'm saying. It's what God's saying. Here's this one. God is my eternal light. Look at this. The sun shall no longer, this is in Isaiah 60, 19 and 20. The sun shall no longer be the light by day, nor the brightness shall the moon give light to you. But the Lord will be to you an everlasting light, and your God your glory. Your sun shall no longer go down, nor shall your moon withdraw itself. For the Lord will be your everlasting light, and days of the morning shall be ended. Isn't that a great scripture? That when you're in a dark time in your life, when you're feeling like things just aren't where they need to be right now, that you have an eternal light, and that's God Almighty. And you realize that one day when we go on from this earth, when I pray that God uses you as much as you're here to bring his kingdom, but this, when we are gone from this earth, we are in heaven where the light is this. The light is shown because of God and Jesus Christ, and we have an eternal light forever and ever and ever and ever. So we look at God's word, not something some counselor says or even what I say or anybody like that, but we look at this almighty word, 773,746 words, and we know God loves you. We know God heals you. We know God has a purpose for everybody in this room. We know that God sent Jesus to die on the cross for our sins, and if we ask Jesus in our heart, we will be saved. We know that God's words for us are there to encourage and to build us up. And so I pray, as we read God's word, we take the words of God and encourage others through the word of God. Fair enough? So let's be careful how we use our words. So Father, I pray and I ask, Father, that we are trusting you and filter everything through the Holy Spirit that comes out of our mouth. 
Father, I pray and thank you for the baskets of blessing and your word. That, Father, it guides us, leads us, corrects us. But, Father, I pray now for each person in this room that, Father, today for the rest of the day, they'll spend time in your word, but also, Father, they'll use their words to build people up. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.